iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Game Podcast. I'm Gabriel Marcotti, and this week I'm joined by Patty Barkley, Allison Rudd, and from the Great Northwest, James Ducker. We'll be discussing all the latest football action. And we've got a bumper Premier League review, City beating Chelsea, Liverpool against Sunderland, and of course, the Baggies, boing, boing, winning at Emirates. Regular listeners will notice that we normally pick out two games in our Premier League review, but it was such an eventful bumper weekend that we actually went out and we picked out three. So I implore brevity and wit from everybody here so our producer Chris doesn't freak out. And uh, let's get the ball rolling. So Manchester City and Chelsea. Uh, some people said, oh, well, Chelsea, you know, they're so impressive, 5-5 five and, five and uh, uh, 21 goals scored, one goal conceded. Wait till they play a real opponent. Well, they played a real opponent in Manchester City. And um, they lost. Patty. Well, it was uh, the first thing that needs to be says, said is this was, this was Manchester City winning a game, not not Chelsea losing a game. I'd be interested in James's take on this because we we were we were there together, um, and I certainly felt that it was a terrific high intensity football match. It was I went there expecting a zero zero. And really, it was apart from one piece of particularly poor defending. It was a it was a zero zero sort of game. Um, Sorry, it was if like I jump in a, there a second, no, um, because I watched the game on on my television, and mm. and the number of times I heard people talk about the two Italian managers and it's mm, an Italian mm, game because mm, it's going to mm, be nil nil, and you know, like the two Italian managers who took charge of Fulham and Everton and had that bore fest later in the day. But uh, I digress. And yet you're talking about a wonderful high-intensity game. Was it intense? It wasn't just two teams playing at a slow tempo, I haven't seen tackling. I haven't seen tackling like that uh, for a long, long time. I mean, De Jong, uh, for me, uh, it, had Tevez not been invented, De Jong would have been the man of the match. Uh, I mean, it was, it, was like, uh, it was like razor wire. I mean, it was like being attacked. It was, it was, it was, it was really terrific because it was fair tackling, you know. His distribution was wonderful as well. Oh, he had a great game. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think that he kind of epitomised the match. It was played at a very high level of of, uh, of work rate, intensity, and tactical appreciation. And I, I genuinely felt um, that this, from now on. You know, Manchester. Whatever we have, a big five, a big four, a big two, a big one. Manchester City are in it. Manchester City life will never be the same again after Saturday. Manchester City are a big, big club, Ducker, and we'll win the league sooner or later. Ducker, uh, uh, you're the Northern football man. Do you do you agree with uh, Paddy's analysis? Uh, I do. For the, I hope it doesn't sound boring saying so. I couldn't agree more with with Paddy. I mean, I've, I've listened to all sorts of criticism of the game. You know, match of the day studio. You know, the people who were there 
to the highlights reels and that kind of thing. I, I, I just I just couldn't get it. I just thought it was. I thought from Mancini it was an absolute tactical masterclass. Yes. I mean, people have kind of criticised him for being overly cautious, but I mean, h- how is he supposed to set up? Is he supposed to set up completely op- openly against a team that scored twenty one goals in five league games? Yes. I mean, he just. I mean, even Ancelotti. I know the mates, but even he applauded. Yes. Um, Mancini afterwards, which said it all. Really, I mean, you know, Ancelotti's not going to uh, not going to say that kind of thing lightly. And I just thought, I, I don't know if the word, I don't know if I describe it as absorbing, but it was absolutely intriguing. Yeah. It, it was just, but, it was a fascinating kind of game to watch, really. It was. Um, and I mean, we obviously we go on and on about you know entertaining, you know, loads of goals, all that kind of thing, but. You know, I, I kind of I, it was just really, really refreshing and nice to see that kind of game in the Premier League. It was it, it, just it, poor it, it, defenses, you know. Yes. You know, obviously, a great, great, great goal, but just you know, general calamity. It reminded me of a match, uh, one of the best football matches I've ever seen was the World Cup semi-final between Germany and Italy uh, in Germany in 2006. And I mean, I came across my notes for the game. Uh, it ended 2 0, two late goals for Italy. I came across my notes f- for the game, and until the last couple of minutes, I'd made sort of two notes each half. There was no goal mouth incident to speak of, but what a match! What a match! And this kind of slightly reminded me of it. And uh, yes, I love watching Arsenal. I, I love watching loads of chances at, at each end. But uh, my word, a game like this is really refreshing too. Okay, I, I'm going to jump in and interrupt this uh, this love fest uh, um, <laughs> between uh, Ducker and and, and Barkley. Um, I, I, I don't know if I do. I have to be the person uh, playing devil's advocate and criticizing the negative tactics of Roberto Mancini, or will you do that, Alison? Well, I I was going to suggest that maybe it, it wasn't so much. Um, great tactical acumen on behalf of Mancini, but that's the way he plays, and it so happens to be the way Chelsea hate facing. Mm-hmm. They cu- they they're very strong through the middle, Chelsea, very physical, mm-hmm. uh, very pacey. But it's all through the middle, and um, Man City um, have under Mancini been incredibly congested centrally. And um, if Chelsea made a mistake, it was not you know they could see that um, Ashley Cole was an out for them. They didn't try and make that happen because they don't have the personnel to do that. But um, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it was sort of um, genius on Mancini's behalf. I think, I think he just has the team that Chelsea cannot play against. I, I should point. I out, think it's a bit. Uh, I, say, I think it's a little bit harsh to say City are congested midfield. Uh, that what their best player, with the exception of Tevez, since January has been Adam Johnson, who's offered them all sorts of options going down down the, the right or left. Yeah. And you know when they get Balotelli fit as well. I mean, I can imagine him being played, you know, in a wider position by Mancini. He'll offer that. I mean, David Silva, we've started to see in the last couple of weeks um, that, you know, once he he finds his feet a little bit more, he's going to be he's going to be a player. It's not as if he's some guy who who managed in outer Mongolia before coming here. I mean, there is a long body of work from Mancini. And I don't think it's that difficult to figure out what he's trying to do and the fact that his body of work suggests He's not been a defensive manager, far from that. Certainly at Lazio he wasn't, and at, and at Inter Milan he wasn't. I think... I know, and, but and people get bogged down in this three defensive I midfielders. Know, a, 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 a sort of wild uh, Italian attacking manager wouldn't qualify as an attacking manager over here. No, I know, but nobody's talking... Nobody's talking about well, Zeman, possibly. But um, I, I think one of the points, Gabriel, Gabriel can I just quickly yeah. say, well, I think one of the points is that... Is that from a defensive point of view, City was so haphazard under Mark Hughes that 
and with Mancini has obviously thought realised that is the first issue that needed to be addressed, and he's done that. I mean, yeah. for the risk of repeating what I've written, written today, you know, Mancini's conceded 19 goals in 27 Premier League matches in charge of City. That's 0.7 goals a game. His 11 clean sheets he's kept. Under Hughes, 55 league matches, 77 goals conceded. That's 1.4 goals a game. So they're conceding half as many goals in the Premier League under Mancini than they were under Hughes. So I think, obviously, people see that and for rightly or wrongly, People are viewing him as a defensive kind of coach and really just actually addressed the problem. <laughs> We're not really talking about top of the table Chelsea, but I just want to bring, bring up some things. I think Ancelotti was criticised was Drogba's substitution um, late in the game and, and putting on putting on Sturridge. Conventional wisdom might suggest, you know, you're behind, leave the big man on, you never know, a set piece, a header. Yeah. Um, free kick. <laughs> free kick. Uh, Ancelotti said, oh, and I wanted Sturridge's quickness. Mm. Uh, Alison? Well, it backfired because Sturridge didn't play very well. I mean, if he so had... He had mad, no, no, no. Sturridge, Sturridge... He played better than Drogba did. Yeah, well, exactly. Drogba was not playing well. And Drogba has many, very many games where he doesn't play as well as he should and could. But had Sturridge done what Sturridge can do, everyone will be saying, well, you know, he did exactly the right thing, didn't he? I, I, he just didn't expect Sturridge to be that... You know, he was coming back to Man City. You know, sometimes it can make a player do amazing things and be their moment. And it just wasn't Sturridge's moment. Arsenal and West Brom I know I I was just struck at one point I I flip over to West Brom and you know like they've got the sort of possession last 10 10 minutes stat and it was like 57% to West Brom and this was in the this was in the first half when it was still nil-nil and I was kind of flabbergasted because Arsenal were at home and you know West Brom were passing side but when's the last time you see that um is it? Is it? I mean, obviously, we saw a bit of this with Mowbray, but is did are West Brom that good at passing side? Or was something seriously wrong with Arsenal on Saturday? I would venture there was something seriously wrong with Arsenal. I, ha- I mean, I saw West Brom at Chelsea, and I thought they're going to take a long time to warm up in in the mm. Premier League. Um, you know, they're not dreadful, but there was there was there was very little to indicate that they would uh, be able to go to the Emirates and dominate. And it was interesting. The most interesting thing I thought was that Wenger disputed that Fabregas not being there was the reason that their composure was sort of shattered and it just didn't click for them. But Fabregas, I think, has been astonishingly good this season. Mm-hmm. Really good. And um, I think without him there, um, they just they looked a bit lost, actually. A bit helpless and a bit lost. And it took them to be three goals down before they discovered that sort of spirit, which I think they have from the word go when Fabregas is in the team. Tucker, I, I would have thought the Song, Diaby, Danielson um, in midfield, those three guys, you would at least win possession and and stop West Brom from passing it around like that. Yeah, I, I mean, it was a very bad day at the office. I, 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 I kind of loathe to read too, too much into it. I mean, I, I'm with, I'm certainly with Alison that Fabregas is, you know, has just looked, you know phenomenal this season and his absence was was quite 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 clearly felt I think you know probably been a very different game if he'd been there but yeah I mean like you look at the team you know they should they, they should have been good enough to be kind of West Brom but I just think it was a spectacularly bad day at the office and a very good one for West Brom and I still think West Brom as nice football as he plays still going to be in the bottom five or six at the end of the season Ooh. 
Eastern Marca there, because of course they are in fifth place right now um, uh, with an Italian manager, no less, albeit a, a guy who's really Swiss and probably more lived in England, I think, longer than he's lived in Italy. Um, Patty, I, yeah. I, I, I want to bring up a, a one player obviously who stands out. We talked about him, Peter Odenwingi. He's he's a great story, of course. You know, half yes. Russian, half Nigerian. Yeah. Bags of talent. We've been talking about him most of his career. Hasn't always lived up to it. Um, what, what do you make of that? I mean, is West Brom the right team for for a guy like that who, who brings that pace, that oh, that, that wonderful, directness? Wonderful signing because I mean the the uh, in in the, all their various guises, West Bromwich. You know, the, the, the you you mentioned Mowbray uh, when they played played nice passing football. Then uh, they went down. They come back up and and always the 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 problem with them is that there hasn't been that cutting edge you know it's it's it, it, it's uh, that 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 bit of razor pace at the end of it um so this guy is it's like a marriage made in heaven you know this also they're coming they're really developing as a side they've got some good players now uh Dorans is a good player um and and one of you know plenty of others and and they have a philosophy you know I, I keep I find myself so often saying this that it really does help if whether you're Stoke and have one particular philosophy or whether you're West Bromwich and you have another philosophy once you've got that philosophy you've got a chance and uh, so I'm delighted I thought it would be a great game it was a game that I wanted you know if I'd been able to choose my match on Saturday I would have liked to have gone because I thought it would uh, I was absolutely confident it would be a feast of football that would end Arsenal 4 West Bromwich 2 so there you go um, um, but uh, I think they're great as far as Arsenal if I might just briefly say on Arsenal it, it occurred to me that Manchester City have done them because if Manchester City had let Shea Given go Fulham would have sold Schwarzer to Arsenal and Arsenal would be a bet, an infinitely better team than they are now. But I still think that Wenger's been too mean. I think he, he needed to buy a central defender. Koscielny is not ready for the English Premier League and probably won't be until the second half of the season. He's just you don't think Skolasu Vermaelen when fit with Giroud yeah, reserve gives you enough cover? Yeah, I think, I th- I think it does. But, uh, it's the two of them together, isn't it? Koscielny and Skolasu. They're both new. Yes. They're both new and... Looked a bit lost. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think they'll be all right second half of the season. They'll, they'll be fine, um, you know. But it, they're just dropping too many points it, at the moment. I thought. I think that if they had Mark Schwarzer in the team, they would be up there with anybody to win the title this year. Um, the, you, you mentioned the Arsenal goalkeeper there. Uh, nobody's mentioned him by name. Um, he obviously had a, not a good day at the <laughs> office. Um, Ducker, this guy. A few years ago, when it seemed like he could get a, a British passport, um, there were people wanting him to play for England. Uh, do you remember those halcyon not, not times? Not that many. Not that many people. <laughs> just, not that many people. It's one of those things that... Most of them of, were journalists, weren't it's they, one of those, those things that got a ridiculous kind of, you know, momentum. And, yes. You know, I just... Anyway... Well, here's a question, the question, though. Would you... That, probably the less said about that, the better, but... Well, I mean, no, but, I, but I, not, not to belabor the point, but would you rather want? Would you rather have Almunia in goal for England or Arteta in goal for England? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got. Ooh, it's a I've actually seen Arteta in goal in training once for Everton, so I'd probably go for Arteta. Brilliant. Well, there you go. Uh, see, uh, that's my God. You'll think twice before taking you on again. No, no. I, I tell you what, though, Paddy. I mean, as you, as you say, yeah. I mean, look. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm a big kind of fan of Arsene Wenger apart from when he's uh, he's bleating yes. you know b- beyond uh, beyond you know beyond all belief but I mean I, I cannot 
get my head around the whole goalkeeping situation yes. this summer. I, I just, it's almost like, I know he he obviously, he wanted Schwartz, but he obviously didn't go the whole hog for him. And it's almost like he's just deliberately kind of um, trying to do things his own way because everyone else is saying, look, you need a goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah, he does and, like the high wire, think, doesn't he? Yeah, and, and it, it's kind of like, look, Arsene, you know, you're a great manager. We all know that. You don't need to kind of prove yourself on stupid points like that. <laughs> yeah. Need yeah. the Almu- the Almu- Can I just quickly say the Almunia thing is that Arsene Wenger believes he is a good keeper, and the only reason he's not a good keeper is because the, the media have a go at him and might undermine his confidence. Yeah. And so Wenger, Wenger sees it as a battle. Yeah. He doesn't want to give in to the fact that his keeper might make the odd blooper because his confidence is undermined. So he's out to prove a point that the the inherent talent of the man will see him through. We need to move on because smoke is now coming out of Chris, the producer's ears. Um, So I wanted to raise a question about Arsenal's financial results, which were obviously were exceptional, and whether this was all part of a grand plan so that in two years' time when UEFA's financial fair play uh, um, comes in, financial fair play regulations come in, uh, all of a sudden Arsenal will be in a position where they'll be compliant unlike most of the other clubs, and they can just go and buy up everybody in sight and become you know, the master club forever. Um, however, I won't have time. We won't have time to discuss this because you guys would all rather talk about Manuel Almunia. So I'm going to throw this to Allison, who I know can provide a succinct answer on this <laughs> one uh, without upsetting Chris, the producer, even further. Uh, well, they won't be going out to become some uber club with Wenger in charge. Ven- Wenger, Wenger loves the fact that he is the only manager that operates within a profit and can bring through youngsters and spot talent cheaply. If suddenly the regulations change and he's the only manager who's allowed to spend money, he won't do it. Wow. Interesting. So then Arsenal will just keep making more and more money, which I guess is good news for Arsenal's shareholders. Uh, Moving on to uh, a team which has... um, a slightly different financial situation. Uh, Liverpool, uh, home to Sunderland. Before we start, we got to turn to the qualified ref here. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say anymore about, about Stuart Atwell uh, beyond the fact that he managed to make both managers very, very angry, which I guess at the least shows that he's not biased. Um, so you know Atwell's unbiased. Uh, is he competent or was he competent on Saturday? He was competent on Saturday. Mm. The problem with Atwell is that he doesn't... Uh, He's 27, he looks 22, he lacks authority on the pitch and 90% of being a successful referee is yeah. you look the part. Howard Webb, in, while he was away, in, he had a break after the World Cup, he spent his time in the gym and he was um, he was at... <laughs> I know you're all saying, ooh, wait, 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 Wallace is crazy about Alison, you know him well. Was he doing this to defend himself in case Nigel de Jong decides to come and karate <laughs> kick him? I, I, he's been in the gym and he's come back and when he ran out onto the pitch at Craven Cottage on Saturday he I'm not joking he looked the fittest man on the field he has he has beefed out he is tall and the point was in that game it was it was nil nil and it it wasn't quite as dull as as, as some of my colleagues have made mm. out it was it was quite the point is he made he made several um, decisions that were borderline you know you can take them one way or the other and nobody argued with him he looked don't mess with me and Atwell's problem is he has been fast tracked he's made some stupid errors in the past he's only 27 doesn't look the part but it so happened that 
at Anfield. He did everything absolutely spot on. Paddy, do you need to be big and beefy to send well, uh, uh, Stephen Gerrard no, off for going my, elbowing is, somebody in the face? This is my complaint about referees like Howard Webb. Yes, he looks the part, but he doesn't. I, I, I don't remember ever seeing him punch a player. And, <laughs> and I think it's about. I really. I mean, what's the point of them being uh, big and beefy if they don't actually use their physique? I mean, Emil Heskey used to be. Uh, criticised for this for not punching his weight and I think a lot of referees who look scary Kalina for example uh, never actually used their physical As you're listening to me Daisy Apple's iPhone disassembly robot is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods Thanks Daisy There's more to iPhone If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, power to hit players who thoroughly deserved it. Okay, I, so while Patty advocates uh, physical violence <laughs> from referees towards players, um, Ducker, I'd like to get an answer about the Steven Gerrard. To me, I, it seemed pretty obvious. I thought he should have uh, he should have been sent off. He didn't just lead with his with, with his elbow. He elbowed him in the face. In fact, I don't even think he got off the ground with that header. There was no need to do that. I thought what he did was dangerous. Am I completely wrong here? No, I think you're absolutely 100% correct. He caught him flush in the face. I had a look at him first. It's another case of Stephen, I'm, you know, too big to ever be punished on the football field, Gerard. And I just... I, I, Stuart well got, got one decision majorly wrong uh, at the weekend. We haven't talked about that. one of the more curious incidents yet, um, which, of course, was Liverpool's early goal for those who... Uh, living under a rock and haven't seen it yet. Mm. Uh, he awards a free kick to Sunderland inside their half. Michael Turner standing over the ball. Um, I'm just going to describe what Turner actually does. I'm not going to try to guess what he's thinking. Yeah. He squares up as if he's going to kick it, and then he kind of turns 
uh, starts trotting up the pitch and casually side-foots the ball backwards in the general direction of the goalkeeper Mignolet, but he does it at a very slow pace. Torres sees, like, oh, good, what's this guy doing? Runs to the ball and then unselfishly sets up Cow in a two-on-one with the goalkeeper. Um, Now, what I find curious here is, from a refereeing perspective, um, so I'll go to the qualified ref on this one. Um, all right, to me, I think it makes a huge difference what Atwell and Turner said to each other. We don't know what they said to each other. We don't know what the understanding was. Um, so we have to give Atwell the benefit of the doubt. But from where I sit, if Atwell said, it's a free kick, because if Turner first tries to take the free kick quickly, Atwell makes him back. And then Atwell, I presume he said, take the free kick now. To me, Atwell's in the clear. I don't think Atwell's done anything wrong if Turner then turns and knocks it back to his own goalkeeper. That's his business. And so the goal should have stood. And weird as it looked, I don't think Atwell got that one wrong. And but, Am I wrong? Or no, is Atwell wrong? No, you're spot on. But there's no... You don't have discussions with the referee over those very boring pedestrian happen all the time, free kicks deep in your own half. They're, they're not significant. So what was Turner thinking? Turner just had... I don't, goodness knows, but he just, had a, he just forgot. A brain fart. He may have meant to... He may have suddenly thought, oh, well, I'll move up the pitch and maybe it makes more sense for the goalkeeper to take this, in which case he should have picked the ball up and rolled it to him. But then he, he shouldn't have thought that because the ball was in exactly the right place. Had the referee having made it clear he wanted the free kick taken from the place it was. So he should have indicated to the um, goalkeeper to come forward and take it. He, he, it was just a silly, a silly error and he must have just sort of... Because it was... It wasn't a significant part of, of the pitch. He must have just sort of forgotten that it mattered. I can't quite get my head around why there's been so much criticism of it. It was just an aberration from Michael Turner, really. And, you know, Bruce should be known at his player, not, not the referee. Um, quick look at, at, at Liverpool, obviously more financial stuff, which we won't get into. Um, but I think it's worth bringing up with Roy Hodgson. I saw a, a, a stat um, this weekend that prior to the game, this had been Liverpool's worst start in, uh, in about 300 years. Um, and I also saw the punditocracy rise to his defense and go and put the boot in. It's all Rafa's fault and Rafa this and Rafa's evil and Rafa's diseased and so on. Um, let's ask the Liverpool fan here. What percent do you, do, you, do you blame Rafa on for Liverpool's poor start to the season? 15%. And 85% Hodgson. Yeah. And I'm a big Hodgson fan. I'm, I, I, really, I really like him as a man and as a manager. But I think his move, I, I don't think he should have done it. He, was, he had everything the way he wanted it at Fulham and it took him two seasons to do it. And he took the toughest job in English football because he thought it might not come to me again because I'm 60-odd. And I just think... I just think... Whatever he's doing behind the scenes, it's not convincing the players, and it's not working. Ducker, are you uh, are you laying most of the blame at Hodgson, or are you going to? No, I think Rafa needs to take a hell of a lot of the blame. I mean, Fergie made the very valid point uh, last week that Benita spent a lot of money, which often gets overlooked in all of this. And come the end, that squad that Hodgson inherited wasn't as good as it should have been after a six-year period. And then Hodgson obviously lost Mascherano to add to Alonso who kind of gone before. And, you know, he's then, uh, he's not got all the money to, to spend that, that uh, you know, he's brought in. And, you know, he's having to start from 
you know, uh, uh, I'm not saying he's having to start from where Benitez had to start uh, when he took over from Julier, but it's not that much different. It's not that much different, to be honest. Mm. And I, I just think, look, you, you know, the owners are dreadful, quite clearly. Um, but I just think Benitez got out at the right time. You know, it wasn't it, it wasn't looking good for various reasons. And I think Hodgson inherited a very, very difficult job. And um, I'm not saying Benitez deserves 80% of the blame, but certainly certainly 40% or so. Okay, we, we've got numbers there. Now, Patty, we, you're going to be, you might be, well end up being the deciding vote here because uh, yeah. Allison says uh, 85% hearts and 15% uh, uh, Benitez. Uh, Ducker says uh, uh, 60% hearts and 40% Benitez. Mm. Uh, I would say um, 0% Hodgson and um, I, I don't even think Benitez did much uh, wrong <laughs> after all he brought to the club such players as Xabi Alonso, Fernando Torres and so on uh, and uh, plus a load who were useless I mean uh, to go back to what he uh, got when he came Ulier's cow droppings according to Gabs uh, Ulier's cow droppings won the Champions League as I recall so that was Sorry, well, when did this happen? In, in Julier's mind? So was Julier the manager? His, no, but his cow droppings, the team he bequeathed, uh, plus Zabi Alonso, of course, won the Champions League. But, but, and Reina. Uh, and and Reina. But nine, nine of Julier's players won, won the Champions League. You, you don't, I mean, you can't, a two-man team doesn't win the Champions okay, League. Those but players, they, but you're being a bit counterintuitive kind of here because you know that those players include people you know, like being, Jimmy Traore. And being accurate. And that, and that, that, that Julier's best period. If, if we want to call it that, yeah. was actually several years earlier. And by that point, um, the wheels had effectively come off. Yes, that's... That, and that, 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 which that, is why that, Julier left. That, that so is true, these are but, players who that is have true, been but moved it, on. It, it's wrong to talk about, uh, you, you know, an impossible legacy and so on. Benitez uh, did pretty well with, uh, with, with Julier's legacy, uh, improved it, I think, at, at one stage, uh, before, you know, finally... You know, nobody ever takes over... <laughs> A perfect club, uh, unless the manager drops dead. I mean, it's it's it, it that that's the the perception is of a club in decline. Otherwise, they wouldn't change the manager. So that's just that's just routine. The only thing I would say is all Liverpool need to do is give Hodgson a few months. Trust me, we'll be we'll we'll be thinking back to this conversation defense, and thinking how. You know how knee jerk were, were we after six? I'm not suggesting. I'm not games, suggesting they after sack six him. Games of a season, including I might add, Arsenal and Manchester United in those six games. Correct. That they've had to play. After six games of a season, we're talking, uh, you know, in apocalyptic way. After 14 games at Fulham, Hodgson, having taken over from uh, uh, Laurie Sanchez, had won only two out of 14 and taken steered expertly steered Fulham from 18th to 19th in the league. That's what he did in his first three months. Heavens. We're answering, give him, we're answering give him a little bit of Paddy. time. I, I, give him a little I, bit of all time. All I'm saying is the results and performances this season, I am saying Hodgson is responsible for them. I'm not saying he won't improve. But you can't, you can't judge a man on six games. For Evans, if a board did that, you'd call them idiots. Um, I, I, I agree, Paddy. And, and, and Paddy, you're, uh, sorry, Gab, what you saying about 40%. Um, Benitez 60% Hodgson I, 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 I disagree with that I, I said 40% Benitez I'd say 59% Hicks and Gillette Correct, <laughs> correct. Okay, That's too easy I'd just say it's 100% Hicks and Gillette 
you know, but well, there's a difficult thing about Hicks and Gillette, and I think well, we agree that. Um, and sorry, the producer, Chris, the producer is freaking out. Maybe we might just ditch the debate today because nobody wants to talk about footballers and philanthropy and debate, and just continue with this argument. I, I, I wanted to the thing about Hicks and Gillette. It's obviously a difficult situation, but a. I don't think there's anybody on this island who will stick up for Hicks and Gillette, so it's not going to be much of a much of a debate. But B, you know, Hodgson has to deal with Hicks and Gillette in the same way that that, that Benitez does did, right? So, you know, it's it's uh, it's, it's not a variable in this equation. I suppose you yeah. could you could you could argue that Hicks and Gillette are. I mean, nobody's mentioned a player yet as being responsible, which is quite extraordinary. Um, but uh, I mean, how do we how do we? The choice was Benitez or Hodgson. Obviously, Hicks yes, and Gillette but, are but, the big but, the big but roof the, over the But the, the point whole is thing. that the team Hicks Hicks and Gillette are influential in this sense, in that uh, Torres thought. He was joining a club and, and uh, Stephen Gerrard thought he was re-signing for a club that would be properly funded, would be gearing up for a new stadium and so on and so on. Now, you can call them naive or whatever, but the fact that these guys have turned out to be, uh, oh, I'll have to watch my words here, not what we thought they were, um, uh, it obviously has an effect on the playing staff, the management staff, and, and that's really why Liverpool are in very, very safe hands. Trust me on that one. Um, Come back in three months. Exactly. Well, no, no, can I just say? Can I just say? Because you're ganging up on no, my not. point of view here, which is fine. Is that if you no, are, if you, to. if you take over Liverpool, and you have Torres saying yes, I'll stay. After it seemed pretty clear at one point that he would not, and you have Steven Gerrard rededicating himself to the club, and everyone, everyone was saying he's off to Madrid. Mm. That that should give you the impetus to really, albeit with with lots of flaws and problems deep down but that should give you the impetus to start the season you know new manager fresh outlook that should give you the impetus and David and Gog actually playing well for the first time ever that should give you the impetus to to get some more points than they have and but for that ch- for that I blame Hodgson and he should be glad I'm blaming him because may, may he is a proper manager order order, order order Alison may finish then Ducker who's far away we haven't heard him sorry, and then Paddy thank you Alison I don't think Roy Hodgson would particularly like to hear everyone saying, oh, it's it's entirely down to what happened before. I think he's trying to do something. It's not working. Whatever he's trying to do, it's not working. He will get time to do it right. And if, if he does, I'll be the first person to say, well done, Roy. Tucker. Hodgson is working with a very, very dodgy defence there. And that is going to take him, you know, time to address. Plus the fact that his star striker, you know, is out of sorts. Davian and Gog started the season well, you know. I think you know there's potential there, but I just I just look at what he's inherited, and it's not that great. And I, some of the staples of that team under Benitez, you know, Carragher's on the way. Gerald's obviously not had a bad uh, a, a bad season, and, and Torres isn't fit. I, so you know, it is going to improve. Interesting there, and, and to to wrap this up, um, what I would like uh, is a, a, a nice round number, since I love percentages and numbers, as you know. Percent chance that uh, Liverpool will finish in the top four this year, Allison. Oh God! Um, Do I take some time to think about? It? I'll go with Ducker first because he's very quick off the mark. Ducker. Um. Oh Christ! <laughs> Patty. Twenty-five. <laughs> Ducker. Twenty-five. Ducker. Ten percent. Rudd. Thirty-five. Oh, Rudd, mm. ever the optimist. 
So unfortunately, with this bumper Premier League conversation, we won't be able to get to the debate this week, which was about footballers and philanthropy. I was going to highlight several episodes of footballers who've been very philanthropic, not least the much-hated and much-reviled Emmanuel Adebayor, who is playing, paying all the, the medical bills for uh, the goalkeeper who was machine-gunned at the Africa Cup of Nations. Um, but of course, that's not something we in the media talk about, so we won't talk about it today, because we only talk about it when I talk about how footballers are bad and selfish. No, just kidding. Uh, we will get to this. Um, and hopefully either in the next episode or the following one. Before we get to uh, our quick hits, also known as Off the Fence, um, I do want to make a quick statement. People have taken issue with the fact that sometimes I put on a, a, a funny voice when I'm trying to um, illustrate a, a contentious, dunderhead-type uh, point of view. Um, I just want to assure people this is not meant to be my impression of the average uh, English person. No, it's my impression of the average stupid person. And when I appear on uh, radio in England or, the, or in the United States or, yeah. or in Italy or in Spain, I do pretty much the same voice because I don't do accents. What, That's, in English? The stupid no, person not, is always uh, represented by an English person. No, quite the opposite. It's just the oh. stupid person voice. Like, Good. you know, it's like yeah. for saying like, oh, Michael Owen will always get you goals. Or, yeah. But can I, can we know. hear it? Can we hear you doing the Italian version yes. of that voice, please? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> oh, Cannavaro deve giocare sempre. Well, that just sounds, that sounds more intelligent because it's yeah. Italian, doesn't yeah. it? Exactly, it sounds, yes. sounds like, um, Oh, that philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, time for some quick hits. I'm going to go over the rules for, I don't know if Ducker remembers them. Um, I will be asking you a question. You will answer the question in a maximum of 25 seconds. If you go over, I will start playing my duck horn like this, <laughs> at which point you will be expected to wrap your question up pronto so we don't have uh, any of this long-winded waffling, which producer Chris, the producer, absolutely hates. Manchester United are held to a draw by Bolton. Uh, Patty, what was more surprising to you? Sir Alex substituting Wayne Rooney after an hour with the game in the balance, uh, presumably with an eye towards a Champions League, mm. or Michael Owen's 200th goal? And what, if anything, does this suggest about the former boy wonder? And that's Owen, not Rooney. Well, it suggests that his, his ability to take a chance when it's presented is undimmed. He's, it's become his new skill, that's that, that near-post header. Um, he did it at Newcastle. Uh, from a position just behind the two so that was no surprise at all nor I'm afraid was the Wayne Rooney withdrawal if you went to see Wayne Rooney now you saw him fresh as a, through a scout's eye you'd say don't touch him with a barge ball Last week, certain soft southern types in this very studio who will go unnamed, Matt Dickinson and Stuart Robson, and also uh, Ollie Kay, who's not southern, but is clearly equally soft, mm -hmm. uh, they all mocked Big Sam Allardyce's assertion that he'd win the double every year if he were managing Real Madrid or Inter Milan. James, you're a hard northerner. Uh, will you stick up for Big Sam now that he's joint sixth in the table after the 2-1 win at Blackpool? Well, I've never been described as hard before, Gabriel, but... Um, Relative but, but to Ollie Kay, I think you're hard, yes? <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, possibly. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I love Big Sam dearly, but uh, I'm sorry, he was just talking utter tribe, wasn't he? Uh, and it was uh, a, a bit of an insult, I have to say, to um, to his good friends, Alex Ferguson, and the likes of uh, Jose Marino. Um, he, he, he He's doing very well at Blackburn, but he's probably where he deserves to be. Sam Allardyce. Can we uh, can we give special mention to Sam's um, goal celebration against Blackpool, where he did a sort of yeehaw cowboy lassoing 
which I've never seen a premiership <laughs> manager do. Which it was incredible. I just want to say I don't want to be the one saying for, for, for Sam Allardyce, but um, I just want to point out that I think there are at least ten managers in the Premier League who are a lot worse and unintelligent and, more, and less intelligent uh, than uh, than he is. You're probably right. Good week for Liverpool circa 2001. In addition to Jared and Owen, Heskey scored as well, notching the winner for Julier's league debut away to Wolves. Alison, uh, should Julier build uh, Villa's attack around this retro version of Big M? Um, and if not, who? Uh, I feel so vindicated. I feel I've been a lone voice for the past six years saying that Emil was a great, great player. You um, and Fabio Capello, clearly. He is, he is a great, great player. Managers adore him because he does exactly what they ask him to do and he works incredibly hard and um, is okay. His goal-scoring record since he left Liverpool has not been astonishing, but he's what he gives to the team is, is, is so much more than that. And if he's feeling happy because his old boss is back, then fantastic, build the team around him. Sorry, Egg or enjoy the bench. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, enough of this I've got a question for you Gab um, and it's strictly football now lots of surprising results around Europe this weekend Lyon okay maybe it's not a surprise that now that they were beaten by Saint-Étienne but it's certainly a, and given Lyon's great years of success a, a bit of an eyebrow raiser Mainz in Germany winning the sixth straight match away to Bayern no less Mourinho's Real Madrid only drawing at Levante Losing top spot in La Liga and Inter defeated at crisis torn Roma 1 0. Which of them stands out the most for you? Well, Leon is a fantastic uh, story because they're second bottom. Santa Tien, of course, the huge rivals uh, declining. Haven't won a league title since 1981, but wonderful to see them at the top. Mines, great story as well. Thomas Tuchel, you can read all about him in the game today uh, or on Monday if you're listening to this after Monday. Uh, uh, could he be a, a new Mourinho in the works? Um, the real Mourinho, Real Madrid, still up front playing like a team of individuals. It's going to take him time, lots of time. Uh, and finally, Rafa Benitez uh, drops the points, but Inter actually played recently without Roma. Dramatic 93 minute winner courtesy of the snake Mirko Vucinic you can go to www.thetimes.co.uk for all your news your gossip your analysis and also our web chats I do mine every Mondays Ollie K does it on Wednesdays you can get Graham Spears I believe on Thursdays you can also write to us gamepodcast at timesonline.co.uk or you can follow us on Twitter so many wonderful ways to be in touch we'll catch you next week take care iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone.